0: the message this morning is entitled Grateful, and our text is taken from Colossians chapter 3, beginning with verse 15 to verse 17. If you uh, have your bulletin, you can uh, read along with me, beginning with verse 15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. through him, Three times in three verses, the word thanks or gratitude was used. I want you to pay close attention to that as we go through the message this morning. For someone who has lived most of his adult life in the high-tech capital of the world, I am a very low-tech person. I recently uh, had uh, to take a mandatory driving proficiency test for the company that I work for. I work for an electric vehicle company. Uh, that requires all of its employees to take a, a driving test. I've been driving for 40 years, and I had to take a test. And the purpose of the test is to make sure that I know how to drive a car, okay? After all, a uh, chef uh, needs to know how to uh, use a stove, so you get the idea. As I got into the car with the examiner, his job was to observe me as I work the vehicle and as I proceed on a uh, the driving test, and as I sat in that car, I realized that I had not been in a new car for a very long time, that I had not seen a new high-tech vehicle in a very long time. Our car is, what, 2007, so as I sat on the driver's seat, I actually did not know what to do. There are so many buttons to push, and I don't know what they're for, okay, so the examiner had to give me a quick uh, two-minute orientation on how to use his car. It was a brand new car. We were using um, his car. As the training progressed, I was so impressed with all of the built-in features of the car. I mean, it has all the bells and whistles. It has all the automatic things, automatic doors and, and windows. It's got cameras. It's got navigational systems. It's got everything. It can park itself, all right? But there's this one feature that really, really impressed me. It was the ability of the car to slow down when it's getting too close to another car. And it can actually stop when you're about to hit another car on the road. And that was pretty impressive. And, and the idea behind putting those features in the car is to make sure that the driver not only has a pleasurable experience driving, but will also have peace of mind while he's in the car. And so, you know, it was, a, it was a great experience, a learning experience, and I, and I, uh, and I enjoyed the, the, the two-hour test that, that, that we had to go through. And as I got out of the car, I said to the examiner, wow, those built-in features are very impressive. And he looked at me and he says, you are impressed with the built-in features, but after seeing you drive, I'm just grateful that they have those features. Where does a sense of gratitude Comes from? Where does one find the capacity, the enablement to show appreciation and thankfulness for something that's ha- that has been favorably received? Well, that's an important question for Christians to ask. We are built, loved ones, by the Spirit with a sense of gratitude, okay? And I said built by the Spirit. You see, God created humanity perfect, okay? We didn't have any sin until our great, 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 great grandparents. <laughs> Adam and Eve sinned. And we were born since after that generation. Everyone born after that were tainted with sin. All of us. And our lives have been marred with sin. And that that sense of righteousness has been marred. And that includes that sense of gratitude. But the minute we are born again, that righteousness is restored. We had been regenerated. When we were sinners, our sense of gratitude was often misdirected, or ignored but when the new birth came when we were born again the spirit begins to bring to light those things that God has worked in us those features begin to take a hold of every person who put their faith in Jesus you and I again were born with a built-in capacity to sin but God through Jesus has given us a new birth and with that new birth comes regeneration. A new person is born and there comes a rebirth of those built-in features, which which we call the fruits of the new life. And one of them is a sense of gratitude. It's one of those features evidenced at the new birth. So if you see someone who is not a Christian but is able to still show some gratitude, it just shows us that even though we are marred with sin, even though we had been Infected by sin, by nature, and by nurture, there are still people with the capacity to be grateful. It's just often that gratitude is misdirected or ignored. But when we are given a new birth, we've been given a new nature, and that nature now is predisposed to those things that are engineered to us by the Holy Spirit. And we respond to them accordingly. And one of them is this thing called gratitude. Jesus says, I have come that you may have life and that you may have it to the full. What does he mean by that? To have that abundant life, to have that full life, it's talking about bearing the fruits that will cause us to respond to God in every way that he intended. And so when we are born again, you know, we are a new creation. You know, the old person wasn't too grateful, had the ability, the capacity to be grateful, but in a misdirected way. But once we receive the Spirit of God, We've been regenerated and those things have been refocused the right way. And one of those responses is gratitude, the sense of gratitude. So what is gratitude? Here's a definition uh, that I came up with. It's just my definition. You don't have to take it to heart. But this is for the purpose of this message this morning. How would I I define gratitude from the Christian worldview, from the Christian perspective? Here's the definition. Gratitude is a response to God's redemptive and reconciling activity in creation, effectively giving us peace. Let me say that again. Gratitude is a response to God's redemptive and reconciling activity in creation, effectively giving us peace. It's a response to the peace that we received at the new birth. Peace is now built in in our lives, and we can now respond. That response to peace is called gratitude. What are we grateful for? We are grateful for the redemptive work and the reconciling power of the gospel of the cross of Jesus Christ. That is gratitude from the perspective of a Christian. That's why as followers of Jesus, what do we practice? We practice, we pursue We proclaim thanksgiving as a response of worship for the peace that we received at the new birth. Peace with God, peace from God, and the peace of God. You always hear me say that. So if gratitude is a response of worship, it has to be built in by the Spirit into each and every person who calls on the name of the Lord. So how do you know you are born again? One of the telltale signs that a person has experienced the new birth is there is this new sense of gratitude. We're thankful for the redemptive and reconciling work of Jesus on the cross. That's why we give thanks to God. That's, That's the purpose of what we did earlier today as we sang these songs. Okay? Some people think it's just uh, some kind of an emotional response to what God is doing and all of that stuff. But there's, there's something deeper than that. We don't do this as some kind of an emotional response. We do this because we're fully aware of what Jesus has accomplished on the cross by the will of God. And that is, He redeemed us and re- He reconciled us and therefore we have peace. Peace with God. And nothing shakes the foundation of our salvation because the White flag has been raised, and we have been reconciled, redeemed, and reconciled. So when you think of the definition of gratitude, I want you to pay close attention to those two words because they are woven, interwoven into the points that we have in the message this morning. So how do you know, how do I know that I am grateful, okay? There are three evidences that reveal that we are, in fact, built in. We have that built-in capacity to be grateful at the new birth, okay? Three evidences. Number one, we know we are grateful when we show a tender heart of surrender. A tender heart of surrender. A grateful person shows a tender heart of surrender. Look at verse 15 again. It says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Without surrender, there cannot be any kind of ruling, okay? You cannot be ruled if you refuse to surrender. So this, this, this sense of gratitude begins with the softening of the heart. Because unless we soften our hearts, to surrender, it, unless we have tender hearts to surrender, we will continue to defy the will of God. I know, I have been a Christian for a long time, and I want to let you know, don't be surprised, the will of God is sometimes very difficult <laughs> to, you know, uh, to, to obey. But if we have peace, and we, if our hearts are tender towards the will of God, we will surrender. And when we surrender, the peace of Christ will rule us, okay? We go through areas in life when we grapple with the issues uh, that, that, that often uh, keeps us from recognizing God's rule, how he's really leading us, you know? If you've been a Christian for a while, you know, you've had your struggle. You know, we know full well that what the will of God is, but sometimes the flesh, you know, the devil, the world, all of these things come against us, and it becomes a difficult journey, for many of us. But when we allow Christ to rule, when we soften our hearts to the rule of God, to the will of God, we'll find real easy that there's reason to be thankful for obeying the will of God. Sometimes the will of God doesn't seem pleasing <laughs> you know, at, at, at the moment that we're facing. But when we soften our heart, We recognize that we will be thankful regardless of how difficult the situation may be. When we soften our hearts, God's rule will bring us peace and gratitude comes in. Pride is a sign of a hard heart. Proud people are often ungrateful people. So one thing we need to check is that level of pride. You know, pride makes our hearts as as the... The former coach of the San Francisco 49ers, Jim Harville, uh, eloquently said one time, you know, and I use his words. Pride makes our hearts tougher than a $2 steak. That's true. And you know what? If your heart is like a $2 steak, it's not going to melt in God's mouth. It's going to crush the teeth of God. All right? Being grateful begins with surrendering to God's will. One of the biggest signs that we are conducting ourselves worthy of our confession, worthy of our calling as Christians, is that we have peace in the way we conduct ourselves in this world, in the decisions that we make. Okay? Let me ask you a few questions this morning. Are you in a relationship that is honoring of God's will? If you are, in a relationship that is honoring of God's will, I guarantee you, you are grateful for that relationship because you are at peace with that relationship. It reminds me of a story of a college, prof- college professor told us one time. It's about this man and this woman who was having dinner at this restaurant, one of these sidewalk-type restaurants with tables on the sidewalk. And as they were having their dinner, this this. Car became uh, out of control and it was gonna go and hit them. And in fact, the car actually rammed into them, missing them by two inches. And so they they called the cops, and when the cops came, the reporters, the media came, and they were looking for the couple. They wanted to talk to them and have you know uh, get a response from them how they how thankful they are to survive. That near fatal crash by that car and they couldn't be found. Didn't want to go in front of the camera to be interviewed. It was learned later that uh, they were married to different people. And they didn't want the whole world to know, especially their spouses, that they were having a... That's why they were in that restaurant. Very difficult to be grateful when you know... That when you go home, you will not survive. Are you grateful for what you have right now? With, with the possessions that you have. I didn't say satisfied. I simply said grateful. Satisfaction is a different sermon on its own. I'm asking the question, are you satisfied with what you have? I mean, are you grateful for what you have right now? If you are grateful, it's because you are at peace with what you have. And your current station in life. Peace and gratitude go hand in hand. If we are surrendered to the will of God, we have peace. And peace produces that sense of gratitude. How do we know that God's rule is present in our life? In, in the way we conduct ourselves and in the decisions that we make. Well, very simply, there is a trajectory, a predisposition, a predisposition to the redemption and reconciliation aspect of the gospel in our life. Is there a redemptive value in how we are living our lives? Is there a, a redemptive value in the way we're conducting our relationship? Is there a focus on reconciliation or is there harmony and tranquility in the way we conduct ourselves in the world? Reconciliation means there is a coming together, a bringing together of two parties to be united, to be in unity. So harmony with God's will okay, and our conduct brings about peace. And so how do we know that the, 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 the rule of God is present? We always look at those two things. Is there redemptive value to the things that we're doing? What, what kind of things are we engaging right now in our, in our lives? What, what are some of the things that are going on? In fact, you know, as Christians, you know, we struggle with a lot of secret sins. All of us have them. So, don't, you know, pe- feel free to be free. We have them. Okay, if you don't have any kind of secret struggles, y- you know, you're not alive. You're in heaven already. You're just a ghost trying to be among us here. Okay, but we still have those struggles, you know. And the, and the and the best way to confront those things is to is to really, you know, confront them with the fact of asking the question: Is there redemptive value in this activity that I have in my life? Is there a redeeming value to this thing? Does this harmonize? Is, can this be reconciled with the will of God? You know, if we ask that question, the Spirit of God is faithful. He does help us. He does help us. He does deliver us. If redemption and reconciliation are present, there is peace. If there's peace, there's gratitude. And that's why the verse says, Let the peace of Christ rule your hearts, since as Christians, we are called to peace. And it says, be thankful. There's a biblical illustration of this point found in Luke chapter 19. A very famous and, and great story in the, in the New Testament. It's the story of Zacchaeus. You've heard of him. The little man Zacchaeus. He was a tax collector. The Bible calls him a despicable sinner. He not only sinned against God, he sinned against the people. And um, one day he was Listening to Jesus and he heard the call of Jesus. He was a short guy. He was on a sycamore tree. And Jesus looked up to him and said, Zacchaeus, come down. I must go to your house today. Those were the words of Jesus. Those are redemptive words. And Zacchaeus heard those words. Later on, Jesus would say, this man is also a son of Abraham. So Zacchaeus, salvation has come into your life. That's the reconciling word. So Zacchaeus heard both the redemptive word of Jesus and the reconciling word of Jesus. And the Bible says that Zacchaeus received the word of Christ with gladness. What happened? The heart was softened. heard the voice. And we receive it with gladness. The same thing happens to us. The moment we hear the call of Christ, the call to peace. Peace, again, means redemption and reconciliation. That's that's what it means in the Bible. There could be no peace without that redemptive work of Christ. And there could be no reconciliation. If there's no reconciliation, there could be no peace. So those two things Zacchaeus heard, and the Bible says that he received it with gladness. That's gratitude. He recognized the word of Christ. Look at what what Ephesians 4.32 says. It says, be kind. There's that word. Be kind. You know the Old Testament word for kind is that loving kindness of God. It's the word hesed that we often use in our church. It's that loving kindness. The word hesed. That's the kind of kindness. That's the kind of love that God has given us. It's His kind of love. Be kind to one another. Tender-hearted, there it is. Forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. So it begins. Gratitude begins with a tender heart. When we begin to show a softening of our heart and surrender to the will of God. There's a second evidence uh, that shows that we, are, we have gratitude in our hearts, and that is we speak truth that heals the soul. We speak truth that heals the soul. We just don't speak truth. We speak truth that heals the soul. That's what the difference between a person who is grateful and a person who is simply right. Okay? So I want you to just look at some of the, the, the little differences. Because, you know, you, you, you and I can talk to each other about truth. But one person can say it one way without any kind of redemptive and reconciling tone. <laughs> and although it's truth, it doesn't come across with a lot of grace. Okay? And then there's speaking the truth for the purpose of healing a person's soul. Look at verse 16. Let the word, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach, admonish one another with wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your heart. Gratitude heals the soul. It comes from the word of truth that we hear and we receive the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing that's what first corinthians 1 18 says it's foolishness to them meaning those who do not have a relationship with the lord jesus christ you can give them truth and it will be foolishness to them because the message of christ to them the message of the gospel the message of the cross to them is simply foolishness they won't receive it but to you and i the message of the cross is the power the very power of god Why? Because it transforms the soul. You're here this morning not for your body but for your soul. You know, we may all dress up nicely when we come to church. And we should. We all do these things when we come to church. But primarily you're here because the word of Christ speaks to the soul. And that's why we're here. We sang those songs. You know why singing is important in the church and why we encourage you to sing. And sometimes you know, it's kind of a, you know, Kind of corny sometimes the songs we sing at church, sing at church, you know. When I was growing up, they sing a lot of corny songs. You know, they sing songs like, uh, you know, like uh, songs you would sing in a skating rink, you know, kind of thing. And I, I used to laugh. I mean, I was, a, I was a Christian for heaven's sake. I was already a youth pastor, and I said, I don't want you to sing that song. It makes me feel like skating, you know, that kind of thing. Until I realized that singing the songs, Okay, it doesn't matter whether what, what do you sing hymns or contemporary songs. The, the songs connect our souls to the very throne of God. God receives it because it's a song of the soul. And we're called to speak truth that heals. It's foolishness to people who are perishing, but to us, it's the power of God.